Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans. It is I, your host, Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group headed by yours truly. And at this time of the recording, which is uh, recording this in late October, um, we have Lady Hyde on streaming channels. Um, they've been delivered, and now I'm waiting to see when they will be uploaded by these companies. But now we are on four channels. We are on Amazon Prime. We will be on Tubi. We will be on M-O-M-E-T-U, that's Momitu. And then finally, one that's launching on November 15th, that's Nuclear Home Video. So yeah, those four streaming channels, you'll be able to watch um, Lady Hyde there. So yeah, check them out soon. Um, I've been checking every day, so as soon as I uh, get the word, I will put it out on my webs, on my Facebook and Instagrams, and of course on the podcast, so you all can check it out if you'd like. Right now, uh, besides that, I am uh, doing final editing on... Emmanuel in Sin City and doing uh, the sound right now and um, some of the uh, post-production color correcting and that. So working on that. Going to have that out hopefully by the end of the year is the plan. Maybe beginning of next year, but I think I want to try to get two out this year. And I am also writing the next film, which will go into production at the end of this year, beginning of next year. And i um, not going to give away any of the titles or details, but I will say that it's is a female vampire film, so just leave it at that. So, and of course, I'm going to follow the Jess Franco list and do all the cool things to uh, keep it in that universe. Well, not in the universe, but in that same style. So, yeah, that's where we're at on the present day. So now we're going to go back to the past, back to 1982, and uh, we're going to go now to. This being episode 112, we're going to be watching and talking about film 112, El, Hot- El Hotel de los Legues. Um, that's the Spanish theatrical title. Translation, Pickup Hotel, or The Hotel of Love Affairs. Uh, this is Spain, 1982. Uh, on this episode... There isn't a lot of material written for this in the uh, book Flowers of Perversion, The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 2 by Stephen Thrower. And since I'm solo on this one, I'm going to kind of do this in one part so we won't have a break like we usually do in between. I'm just going to kind of do Stephen Thrower's review and the information and then my review and the list and everything. So... We'll make this more of a compact because it's a light film. So, all right. Um, the uh, alternative title for this is uh, "Polvo de Four Estrellas." Uh, that was the legal registration title, and of course, 1982, Spain. This would be Golden Films period. Uh, Golden Films International out of Barcelona is the production company. And the distributors are uh, Lauren Films out of Spain. Timeline shooting on this, uh, circa spring 1982. Got its uh, legal number in May 17th of 82. So it means it was shot probably April. 
Um, Seville, it played February 11th of the following year, 1983. Then played a month later in Barcelona on March 7th, 1983. And finally, October 6th, 1983, it played in Madrid, Spain. Um, Theatrical running time, Spain, 81 minutes. Video running time converted, uh, 80 minutes, 40 seconds, 81 minutes, 10 seconds. The version I watched um, was from, I believe, like a maybe a videotape, maybe, or uh, a transmission, because it's a DVD-R, and mine only ran about 77 minutes, so... I think a uh, part was cut. A few parts that looked like it kind of went out. It had rolling lines, so it might have been cut. I'm not sure. But it was still what it was. Um, writer, director, of course. You don't need to ask, but I will tell you. Jess Franco. This is one more of his writing, directing credits. Uh, 112. Director of photography, Juan Solar Cozar. Camera assistant, Angel Oradales. Uh, music, Daniel White as Pablo Vila. The team, or the theme, Secreto Hotel, written by Rebecca White. Uncredited, camera operator, Jess Franco. Production manager, Antonio Mayans. Editor, Jess Franco. So once again, we have Jess Franco as writer, director, camera operator, and editor. Four main positions. That's why these films, you're able to run them like a machine. That's the way I've learned as well. The more things you do yourself, the better. Um, we have, of course, uh, this being Sun Film or uh, Golden Films. We have uh, the executive producers Stella Laraga and Emilio Laraga. Uh, Laboratory Photo Film Madrid. Um, okay, cast. Lena Romay as Candy Coster. And this is her Candy Coster period. And she plays the character of Ava Bon Bon. Uh, then we have Asuncion Calero as the uh, here billed as Ida Ballin. She's been that in the last film too. I love that alias Ida Ballin. Sounds like a porn name. She plays the character of Elsa, a German woman with a young lover. I didn't catch that before. Elsa, like uh, Elsa the harem keeper and Elsa of the SS. That's funny. She's and she here she's called Miss. Hamburg, and they really throw about her being German, her things about being German. So, yeah, she's Elsa. That's funny. Um, and we have Juan Antonio Garcia, and his credit as Juan Antonio, and he plays Chavara, the young lover. And returning is Genoviva Ojeda, also known as Ava Palmer, and here she's billed once again as Lorna Green. So, I love she has three acting names, Genoviva Ojeda, Ava Palmer is her acting name, and then Lorna Green is her other acting name. And here she plays Rosie, the woman on a blind date. You can always tell it's her by the short black curly wig. Uh, Juan Solar Cozar as Juan Cozar. Everybody has aliases. He plays Philu, man on a blind date. Here we go. Carmen Carrion, simply as themselves, plays Joanna Martin. Antonio Mayans, as Robert Foster, <laughs> plays Pierre Martin, and Angel Ordales plays Carrasco, the handyman slash gardener. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and give the synopsis because it's so short and it really won't mess with my review. 
three couples arrive at the same hotel trying to refresh their love lives. There's a gay man who's married for convenience, accompanied by his frustrated wife, a bumbling bag of nerves, and a blind date from the Canary Islands. Oh, I say, a bumbling bag of nerves and his blind date from the Canary Islands. And a German cougar and her Spanish gypsy boy toy. Also on holiday at the hotel is a porn actress whose vivacious manner swiftly arouses everyone. Soon she has seduced both men and women. Thanks to the resulting sexual adventures, the three couples are brought closer together. Yeah, so. Now I'm going to kind of go over with some of mine and go back and forth between the book and my notes. Um, the export number on this is 14.662. We see that in the very beginning uh, pre-credit sequence. Film starts with crashing waves, um, and of course, I laugh at the credit of Ida Ballin. Um, and we go from the crashing waves, with no boats or anything, to the zoom in on the gardener, um, and uh, we see uh, the gardener there, and he sees the three different couples coming in. And it's funny we have three different groups of structures of men. You have the Gardener, or four actually, have the gardener, who's the standard worker. You have the uh, the gay designer, who's wearing a suit. He's very prim proper. Then you have the kind of the young lover, that's like the boy toy, and he's in jeans and uh, headband and plays the Spanish guitar, acoustic guitar, and all that. Then you have the kind of the hippie, kind of uh, John Lennon-looking guy, who's a kind of artist and a and a collector and a butterfly hunter. So it's interesting. You have these four different kind of uh, styles or classes of men or whatever. There's more than that, but that's just four different types. Uh, then yeah, you have the couples arrive at the hotel. You have of course Mr. and Mrs. Martin, um, and uh, they return for the spark. And then you have um, the first nudity in the film is funny. It starts at actually 3 minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, and that's the bathtub scene of Elsa in the bathtub. And she's calling out to her young lover, Baby! Baby! She keeps calling him Baby all the time. And then she wants him to like wash her. And he's in the other room playing his acoustic guitar. And she says, Oh, do you want to wash my ass? And he's like, she has, he has, she's been over the bathtub. And he's like washing her ass, which is a pretty funny scene. Um, then you have a third couple, of courses, the, uh, the kind of the, uh, flower guy and girl, he calls her his little flower and uh, butterfly. And it's, uh, the gal from past films, uh, she's wearing a gold suit and, uh, the other guy looks like John Lennon. It's funny. Um, um, Ojeda, what's her name? Um, Genoveva Ojeda, Ava Palmer, Lorna Green, whatever. So yeah, she's the quite bigger and. He says, oh, I didn't know. She says, oh, in the picture they said you were going to be a hunter. And he's this little nerdy guy. And he says, well, you said you were also a butterfly. He was a well-fed butterfly. He's like, jeez, it's fucked up. So, yeah, it's funny. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we have all that. And then it's funny. You also have the gardener, Carrasco, who is, is like, he has this little hand drill. And he's like sneaking around the hallways, like drilling holes in people's doors, trying to see what's going on, to, like watch him have sex and everything. He's like a total pervert. Uh, so now I'm going to go back to the um, production notes. Uh, so there's a script called Porco de Cuatro Estrellas, Four Star Fuck. <laughs> it was registered with the Spanish Biblioteca Nacional in 1982. It's a draft version of El Hotel de la Luengues. 
So Stephen Thor goes, uh, comedy, one of the hardest of film genres to get right, depends heavily on the good writing and painstaking direction. A fact that El Hotel de Los Lagues confirms in negative. A relentlessly inconsequential softcore giggle, lashing, last, lacking visual invention or even a spark of sexual excitement. I disagree. It's a reminder. It's a remake of an old Franco script, old Franco film actually, 1978's Elise Fontaut. Which, yeah, it's actually there's scenes quite a bit similar in there. The tennis sequence is exactly the same. A lot of the jokes are the same in the rooms. Um, that film I liked. I didn't love it. I enjoyed it. This one, I liked. I didn't love it. But I disagree with him. There is a couple of good sexual spark scenes in here. Um, a little bit erotic. And then there's also quite a few good comedy joke lines in here. I was actually laughing at a few of the writing. I, I did enjoy the writing. It's not strong, but there is there is some humor in it. Um, which was among his least pieces. Uh, 1978's Elise von Taut, which was among his least scintillating in the first place. Usually there's at least one scene in a Franco film that makes it all worthwhile. Here, we are truly looking for scraps. Eh, I don't know. As a push, I would say that El Hotel de Lugues has precisely one moment of comic inspiration, in which Lena Romay, hiding under a restaurant table, sucks spaghetti from a man's penis while he eats a plate of pasta. Well, she's done that before, where she's blowing a guy and then blows smoke out of her mouth when he's smoking or, or drinking something or spaghetti. I think she's done that before, so... Um, El Hotel, El Hotel de los Logues is further hampered by disappointingly conventional sexual politics. The plot revolves around three couples whom we meet as they check into a hotel. There's an older woman, Ida Ballin, whose boy toy lover, Juan Antonio Garcia, is getting bored with her. A gay, or shall we, or shall we say sexually confused husband, Antonio Mayans, who can only make it with his wife, Carmen Carrion, who returns again after she's been in the last few films, every one of us, Franco, the last couple, now she's going to keep doing more, by thinking about Paul Newman while she screws him with a dildo, and a man on a blind date, played by director of photography Juan Solar, who is so inexperienced sexually that his bossy new lover, Genoveva Ojeda, must instruct him in the basics of thrusting. The subsequent arrival of porn star Ava Bonbon triggers mass infidelity, but eventually the couple's problems are solved by exposure to Ava's bubbly sexuality. The result is a surprisingly meek film from a director usually far more inclined towards joyful chaos than order. Instead of pushing the inherent dysfunction of the couples to a point where lives must change, Franco seeks merely the restitution of normality. No greater freedom is embraced, nor any life-changing realizations. Does the young gigolo decide that making out with an older woman for whom he feels nothing but contempt is demeaning to both of them? No. Franco's idea of humorous resolution sees the youth vigorously screwing his middle-aged meal ticket and saying to the camera, The things you have to do to eat. Quite when a brief fling with a younger woman helps him to get it up for the nagging cougar he was so bored with earlier is not explained. Does the mincingly camp character, here played by Antonio Mayans, abandon his sham marriage, hook up with another man, and stop making his wife miserable? 
No. Instead, we see him miraculously making love to her as she astrides him, as she sits astride him. This time, it's she who is moaning, mm, Paul Newman, Paul Newman, and the sex toys are left in the cupboard. The suggestion is that once this screaming gay stereotype tastes the delight of Lena Romay's pussy, his homosexual fantasies can be reallocated to a more acceptable gender position. Solar, as the inexperienced lover, meanwhile, having tasted the fruits of group sex, has the confidence to make love without instruction and has control freak date accepts his new attitude without comment. None of this makes a lot of sense, and it's not very funny either. The story seems little more than a wish-fulfillment exercise for Lena Romay, given that it posits her as the spiritual precursor of Viagra, leaving a 24-hour trail of rampant erections wherever she goes. That's true. That's pretty funny. Uh, things I caught, too. Antonio Mayans in this film says, I need to take a piss. Uh, in the last few films, and especially Emmanuel, there's this confessable orgies of Emmanuel, there's a scene where a lady's outside on a beach and he says, I need to take a piss. And he says that two or three times. Or he says that in the two or three previous films before that as well. This was, seems like during this gold period, gold films period, he says that in every film. Um, outstanding scenes, I thought, were the uh, two women, sun suntan lotion scene thought that was pretty uh good and um uh let's see i thought it was, i liked lena's red robe um singing uh sequence um voices on that i liked uh, let's see what else did i dig lena with the four men telling them her story which i'll go over how Stephen thor talks about that i liked um it was funny, the other women were mad at their four men after they had sex with Lena. Well, actually, the three men and the gardener, because he didn't have a, a, a spouse. Uh, and then the three women threatened Lena, and then they talked to her. And, of course, Lena's nymphomaniac since birth. This is a weird story. Um, and Lena with butterfly, Lena attacks her. And then Lena with the three women. And then, of course, uh, Antonio Mayan's wife is wearing her black boots, again, from Black Boots Leather Whips. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They talk about the, the class structure in this. He, Thor talks about it coming up here. And I caught it with the Miss Hamburg and her structure of her boyfriend. And also with the gardener and Lena and a few other things. And then, of course, Lena crawling underneath all the tables. Uh, and also I have a question. How many times did the gardener have to drill that same hole in the door? It's like the same position. I don't know if they use the same shot every time or if he had him just go to that same spot in the door and drill the like uh, middle of the door right side right above that panel it's funny you can always see him drilling in that same spot looking in the same hole it's like well you already drilled it why do you got to drill it again i don't know just go to that hole and look all right so let's see what he says here um so he says um Meanwhile, in a script with only nine characters, there's a surprisingly dismissive attitude toward the employees at the Hotel of Flings. The pretty maidservant never gets any attention. Yeah, she's really hot. She's like almost nude except for her uh, her apron and in a in a like a tea bag, a thong underwear, but she doesn't like do anything. Let's hope she get on the action. But yeah, uh, pretty maidservant never gets any action, and the gardener 
Carrasco is relentlessly lampooned as disgusting. For instance, when Ava is taking all comers, Carrasco brags that he hasn't washed his genitals for three days to the cries of disgust from the others. It's an attitude amplified by one of the film's more shocking lines when Ava begs forgiveness from the women whose men she has seduced. Explaining that she's a nymphomaniac who cannot resist physical advances, she declares, Every time someone nudges me or touches me or starts groping me, I just can't resist. It could be a man, a woman, a kid, or rank and file. Leaving aside the reference to pedophilia for a moment, the delineation of the rank and file, i.e. workers, as a separate category to men and women is weirdly offensive from a director who once claimed to be a communist. One might consider, one might counter this critique by saying that it's Ava, not Franco, who is speaking. But that would require that we think in terms of characterization, which in the context of this film is like pinning a fancy tail on a non-existent donkey. There's no sign elsewhere that Ava is some kind of supercilious rich girl who regards working men as subhumans, and if there were, it would scarcely sit well with her central role as a heroine of the picture who skips off into the sunset, bottom-wiggling at the end of the film. Which I did like the end of the film, by the way. Uh, the three couples not only get to taste the delights of sex with Ava, they have their relationships healed, and their chances of future happiness improved. Carrasco, on the other hand, gets a roll on the sofa with Ava during the orgy, but at the end of the picture, he's left as a lonely voyeur with no one to share his desires. I always thought that character was basically Franco. Uh, at the very least, you'd have thought Franco might have paired him up with the maid. At least then the rank and file would have a chance of happiness, too. Humor in the film, such as it is, comes from a variety of off-kilter remarks by the women. You can crush your dick with a big rock for all I care and the bizarre or pathetic reactions of the men. We've noted that Franco often treats rape purely as fodder for his sex fantasies with no room for grubby reality, for grubby reality to intrude. See in particular, um, Abroni Sexuales de Una Major Casada. Um, House Lost Women. In the case of Hotel de la Luguenis, we're asked to chuckle at Ava's tall story about being raped as a very young girl. Very little girl. That's gross. Um, obviously, we're not meant to take anything seriously in the film, and Ava's probably lying anyways, but if you're going to tell outrageous jokes, you'd better make them funny. And she says, At five, I was raped by the gardener. A year later, by the milkman. And when I was eight, the baker raped me. We've had free bread ever since. But... It behaves like a joke at a purely structural level, but the style is too hackneyed for such a shocking subject, which ends up being offensive, if not the taboo element, but the cheap frivolity of the witticism. Finally, what really sinks the film is its lack of even a scintilla of visual interest. In this respect, it suffers from the same problem that blighted earlier Franco sex farces like Celestine and All Round Maid, Le Chanteau Louis, both 1974, and Elise von Taut, 78. That's true, I will admit that. Um, structurally, visually, it's very much like those other two films, which are not the most visually exciting films. They're more like a kind of a British sex film, comedies, you know, like the carry-on films or something. Um, I don't know why Franco felt that he could dispense with visual beauty or invention in his sex comedies. It suggests either a underlying lack of interest in the form or some kind of problem with with perception, as if by aiming for hilarity, he takes his mind off visual aesthetics. Call it a failure of multitasking. 
comic invention flows more freely in Franco's genre parodies, such as the female crime fighter comedies Sedist Erotica, 67, or Kiss Me Monster, 67. Um, I don't know. That's his opinion, but I think this is there with that, but different. Suggesting that, for him, wit is best conveyed in the corner of an eye. Attempting to focus directly on comedy reveals a critical blind spot in his capabilities. <sighs> Cast and crew. Even the usually reliable Lena Romay is annoying here. I disagree. She meant She's meant to come across as free-spirited and quackettish, but her performance just grates, especially during an interminable scene in which she wriggles around in a short skirt singing an annoying ditty while Mans and Solar try to play tennis. Music, making frequent use of would-be comic jazz numbers, one of which, a mainstay of countless Franco films of the 80s, is rendered even more annoying here by being sped up to twice the speed. El Hotel de los Lingües lacks even the lightest lawn sprinkling of atmosphere. At least we get to hear Alan Petit's mid-70s showstopper La Vie es un Meret again, the song dating back to Midnight Party in 1975. Locations. Somewhere on the Costa del Sol. Costa del Sol. Connections. Uh, the title, El Hotel de la... The title is a play on El Hotel de los Leos, the Hotel of Messes, which was the Spanish release title for the Marx Brothers film Room Service, 1938 starring the Marx Brothers. If you've ever wanted to hear Lino Rome deliver the to-be-or-not-to-be soliloquy from Hamlet, well, here it is, complete with unamusing pornographic asides. The use of sex toys during the scene may be a first for the staging of this venerable classic of English theater, but don't get your hopes up. The erotic rites of Shakespeare it ain't. Perhaps... The dialogue had referred to the dildos and strap-ons of outrageous fortune. We might have been getting somewhere. On the fashion front, Rome is still wearing the hell out of the gold lame blouse and matching thong seen in Confessions Intimus de Exhibitionist, Confessions of an Intim- Exhibitionist, and Black Boots Leather Whips. And Ida Ballin has dug out her both black boots... I'm sorry, um... Yeah, and Ida Ballin has dug out her black boots and leather whips, gold to me, too. Uh, actually, he, he's, it's not Ida Ballin, it's Lorna Green. He has the name wrong. Um, the word mandonguera, mandonguera, used by some of the men as a term of endearment for Ava, is Catalan for meatball. That's funny. Mandonguera. It's a meatball. All right, so that's uh, the little deal here on El Hotel de Lagos. Um Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it. If you like Celestine and All Around Made, or you dig Elise Fontaut, or even Le Chatelise, you know, I mean, you dig it. It's one of those type of films, kind of like a carry-on film, the English films of the 60s, 70s. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's not one of the stronger ones, but it's not offensive and not, well, I mean, it could be offensive and... Lena's uh, childhood stories, but besides that, it's it's just a mindless sex comedy, um, just really goofy. 
Um, let's see. Let me go over the lean, let me go over the uh, f- <laughs> not the Lena list, but the Franco list, and let you know what things lined up. Uh, that's in the other films, and if they're in this film. So here we go. Franco list. Number one, body of water. Yes, starts off with waves crashing, and you see a body of water about two or three times in the film. Number two, sailboats. No sailboats per se. Number three, boats. Yeah, there's boats in here. Four, palm trees. Yes. Five, jungle sound effects. No. Six, chained up person. Uh, no. No. Seven, uh, dance scenes on stage stripping. No, Lena strips. She strips in a room that people watch, and she strips in front of other people, but she doesn't do it on a stage per se, so maybe that's a half point. Uh, eight, club scenes, dancing, bar. No, this takes place in a central hotel in a hallway and room, so there's really no... And there's like a little restaurant where they eat, but there's no club scenes. Uh, number nine, jazz music. Yeah, it has a lot of the same um, tracks from past Franco films, so there's some of that in there. Number ten, excessive zooms. There's a few zooms in here. Uh, nothing crazy, but some setups. Eleven, out-of-focus shots. No. Twelve, mirror shots. Didn't catch any of this. 13, mind control theme. Uh, well, they're all under the control of Lena, but that's about it, you know. But I'd say no. 14, magic tongue scenes. Well, Lena's in here, and she gets around and stuff. She doesn't really show the magic tongue too much, because it's more of a comedy, and she's she's doing the same stuff, but you don't see the tongue dancing like you usually do. So I'll say half, half point on that. 15, red light. No, no red light scenes in here. 16, sheepskin rug and masturbation with a letter C item. Well, there's no sheepskin rugs. That's kind of fading out now by 82. But there is a masturbation with a C item. She has sex with a cucumber. And then she... But it's a fake one. And and, and like a uh, dildo comes out and she calls it her pickle. Mr. Pickle. But yeah, she does masturbate with a cucumber. So, C item. Uh, 17. Mad scientist and servant characters. Nothing like that in here. 18, fish tank shot. Uh, no fish tank shot. 19, talking parrot. No, but there is a bird joke. The, it's weird. The butter, the uh, the nerdy guy with the flower talks about how he had sex with a bird once. And then he goes back to it when he's having sex with a woman. He's talking about a bird. And at first I thought he was talking about a, a British term for a woman, but then he said it was a regular bird. So it's bizarre. So it's a bird joke. Uh, 20, end credits, yes or no? Yes, it says Finn, and then it says where it was filmed. Uh, 21, handwritten notes or signs or anything like that. No, he, he could have in the restaurant and stuff, but he didn't do that. 22, spiral staircase shot, no. No spiral staircase in here. Uh, 23, inept cops. No inept cops, just inept men. Uh, 24, belly chains, no. 25, kinks. Well, uh, you have voyeurism, you have exhibitionism, you have uh, orgies, um, but yeah, that's, that's about it on here. No foot worship, or uh, oh, there's a little bit of um, age play maybe, or that's about it. Uh, let's see, number 26, great headboards. No, not really. Um, Lorna Green, the, her character, um, let's see, what's her character's name again? Uh, she is... She had a decent headboard in her room, I noticed. Uh, Rosie. But yeah, the rest of them just standard. It's, it's a hotel. Uh, let's see where we at here. 
25, 26 is great. Headboard. 27, Fear or Desire. Desire. They all desire Lena. Uh, 28, Acoustic Guitar Player. Oh, yeah. The, one of the, the boyfriends, the boy toy character. Um, what's it? Chavaro or... Chavara, uh, uh, yeah. He plays the acoustic guitar in this, so... And they say he's from Paris and that, even though he looks Spanish. It's funny. Um, 29, reading a book scene. Yeah, Lena reads a script that she practices from. And uh, so she's reading, not a book, but she's reading a script. So that's the same thing. So, yeah, there is that on that. So, all right, yeah, like I said, this is a DVD-R that I got from, uh, I think, like, Euro... Euro Trash video. Um, I think you might be able to get it too at a few other places online, um, but I don't have the information in front of me. But yeah, it's it's a DVD R. I'm sure it's on sh- uh, share sites, but I don't really frequent those. But uh, I'm sure if you look for it, you'll be able to find it. Um, if you're Franco completist, I would recommend it. If you're not, and I don't know, if you're just a casual fan, I, I there's a lot more films to watch than this one. But I don't know, do what you want. So. But yeah, um, if everything comes out by Franco eventually anyway, so it would be cool if this film came out. I would see it maybe coming out through like, I don't know, since it's a light sex comedy, maybe Vinegar Syndrome or maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, Kino Cult. They still got the Redemption label and put it out through that or I don't know. I don't really see it going out through, it could go out through Severin, but it's just too light. They'd have to put it with something else, maybe put a lot of special features with it, make it, make it worthwhile, you know? So, all right. Uh, let me give you a few little plugs here to round out this episode. If you listen to the show already, you know what you're listening to and hopefully you're a fan. Uh, if you have other people that are interested in Franco, let them know that the show is around, please. We are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and other of your favorite platforms. Please download the episodes and subscribe, and you'll have them every uh, Wednesday morning, 1 a.m., West Coast time, at your mailbox, ready to listen. Uh, If you want to donate, feel free. There's a donation button on the uh, Red Circle page, the main homepage for the Franco Observer Podcast, either one-time or monthly. I do appreciate it, uh, as I am a working class uh, rank-and-file, like like uh, the gardener in this film. Um, let's see, like I said, tell a friend, share the news. Let's get the audience growing every month. We're at a steady number, which I always appreciate, but uh, if we can get new listeners, that's always new blood. It always keeps the heart beating faster. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always send us an email at francoobserver at yahoo.com. We'll always take your emails, and I'll always write you back. Uh, you can also get a hold of us on our Facebook page, the Franco Observer Podcast, or our Instagram page at Franco Observer Podcast, always adding new content and all that good stuff. So check us out there. Uh, let's see, anything else I want to say? Uh, keep on the lookout for Lady Hyde, of course, on Tubi, Amazon Prime, Momitu, and Nuclear Home Video. So, yeah, that's really good. Uh, keep on the lookout for Emmanuel and Sin City. That's going to be coming out soon, by the end of this year. So, check that out. And all that good stuff. Yeah, and follow Desperate Visions Productions 
And uh, thank you all again for listening every week. I have a dedicated group of fans and friends, and I thank you. Uh, many of you know who you are. I talk to you all the time on the Internet. And uh, thank you very much. So once again, thanks for letting me into your home. And I will see you next week. Buenas noches, maha. Bye-bye.